From the Sky Terror Wellness Retreat, this is the Inspired Intentions Podcast, where we help people build the skills and mindset to live a healthy life. It's Alan back here with you today. And as many of you heard last week, we're going to spend the next few episodes running back some of our favorite Jeff Ford podcasts from the past 132 weeks. Today, we are hitting our number four and number three favorite episodes. And to jump right into it, our number three top pick is actually episode number 63, Why Strength Training is What You Have Been Missing. Strength training, an essential component of any fitness routine, is often overlooked, and we brought on our fitness director, Mitchell Windling, to talk us through why strength training is so important. And Jeff and Lindsay were actually both on this podcast as well. I remember just sitting in the room and learning a lot. It was a topic that I haven't ever heard from Mitchell's angle before, and I hope you all appreciate it just as much as I did. And I'm joined today with two of my favorite people on the planet. It's fair to say, favorite people on the planet. Lindsay Ford and Mitchell Wenling. Woo! Yeah. How's it going, Lindsay? <laughs> it's great. Yeah, you made it You made it back on. I'm so glad you came out of retirement. I know. I know I'm back. I yeah. couldn't resist. Thanks for being here. And, and, and Mitchell, you always love being in the podcast booth, so welcome. It's been a hot minute, but I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got you back as well. And uh, for our listeners who have visited us, us on campus, you know, it can be difficult to get Lindsay, Mitchell, and myself and our executive producer all in the same room at once. So we're so excited to spend some time with you today. And uh, what, what we've been hearing a lot about is guests missing something in their life. And they're coming to campus and they're asking a lot of questions about this one thing. Mitchell, what have you been hearing? Do you know the one thing that I've been hearing? Does that have to do with strength training? Strength <laughs> training. I think with the pandemic, with everything we've all faced in the last year, uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about why strength training is what you've been missing. And this isn't just us saying it. It's a, a, the high number of folks are coming in here looking for guidance around strength training, trying to figure out a routine that's going to work with their life. And I, I don't know about you, Mitchell, or Lindsay, but it's remarkable what people can do in a week's time here. It's true. We've yeah. got somebody here right now. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have probably- We have more already... than one person here, just so our <laughs> listeners know. It's been super busy. We're, we're, it's We've it's been great. We've yeah. got one guest. Yeah, yeah we have more than one guest. <laughs> yeah. So who, who are you thinking of? Um, so I'm thinking of a guest that's in our Lose Smart program, and she's never worked out a day in her life. And not one day, not one day. Wow. Like she just was very clear. Like I've not done this before and just was like, I'm going to be very patient with myself. Yeah. I'm not going to expect any, anything huge. Yeah. And she's also coming into the program being on insulin. So she's type two diabetic. Um, about a year and a half ago, she was hospitalized, hospitalized. <laughs> That's a hard word to say. It is. Yep. Um, and, and it was because her blood sugars were over 600. Whoa. Yeah. So a lot going on. A lot going on health-wise. Work, working towards managing blood sugars better. And, and uh, so what's what's been going on with her? Yeah. So she comes here for one week, very little expectations, being patient with herself. And she was able to gain 3.8 pounds of muscle and mm. lose roughly six pounds of fat. Now, when she got on the scale- Whoa. After one week, which is part of the rescreening process specifically for Loose Smart, 
they, she, you know, she she was actually feeling a little defeated because the number didn't move. It actually went up. The just, weight didn't change much. No, no, it actually went up half a pound. And so she's like, what the heck? Like she just, you know, it just threw her a little curveball. Well, once she actually looked at the numbers, she was just amazed and thrilled. Yeah, I remember this. We, as part of our LooseMart program, we do a huddle every week. And so in the LooseMart program, there's six to eight guests here at any time participating in the program. I remember just going through this with the group and everybody was amazed and Mm -hmm. gained a better understanding of this muscle increase and this fat loss without the weight change. Yeah. And can I just add one more thing? Yeah, she now she's in her third week. Okay. And she is off insulin. Ooh. Entirely? Like not on insulin? At least as of right now <laughs> so at cool. our program. So she's been working with her doctor at home and just staying in, you know, just staying in touch with me, Teresa. Teresa's a nurse. And so she's just keeping an eye on her blood sugars and she is not on insulin right now. Pretty incredible, huh, Mitchell? I think so. And I think part of that has to do with strength training. Definitely. And I saw this in our virtual program that we did in February. We had another guest, similar, um, always actually does a lot of walking, eats pretty healthy, but wasn't doing strength training. She started the virtual program, which involves strength training three days a week. And after a week's time, her blood sugars dropped by like 20 to 30 on a on an average change. Yeah. So she was around 140 and went to 110 after just one week of strength training. That's super cool. Mm. Yeah. It's cool. Mitchell, how about you? You've been working here for quite some time. You know, uh, what's been your experience? Any guests that come to mind? Yeah. One jumps off the page. um, Literally off the page. (laughs) Right. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Um, She's that cool. (laughs) Yeah. So we had a, a, a woman here that when I first started here, just under two years ago, I saw her and, you know, just looking at her, I was like, oh, she's in pretty good shape. Yeah. And then she just visited again recently. And I was like, wow, she's in really good shape. <laughs> and I sat down and did a planning session with her. And um, she's been here a couple of times. So the, you know, at the very bottom, it, it kind of shows you your composition history, showing your weight, your muscle mass and your body fat. You're talking about within the in-body Correct. scan. Yeah, yeah. Sheet. Okay. So just over the couple of times, you can see it's kind of been a linear progression. Um, all the numbers going the right way. And she's like, you wouldn't believe what I looked like before you started here. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. She's like, oh, ask, ask Jeff and Lindsay. Ooh, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. And so I, I went on the in-body. I printed off like her first, very first in-body when she came here, probably what, three, three and a half years ago before I started. Yeah. And I was blown away. Just shocked. I mean, from then to now, you know, over 60 pounds of weight loss. But a lot uh-huh. of that was mainly body fat, muscle mass staying pretty much the exact same virtually the same slightly down like if anything but not much at all huh? yeah yeah not much at all wow you know over three three and a half years just a nice slow and steady progression of the numbers which was awesome now now i Lindsay and i know this guest really well we've known her for quite some time she's just so incredible and i i don't know if you remember this Lindsay, but i don't think she liked fitness that much i don't think she was that into it no she really wasn't i think it took her a while to build the confidence and just start to sheep, but now she loves it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she genuinely loves it. Yeah. What's she doing? Orange Theory? Is that her main mode these days? Yeah, she's strength, said, a little Well, cardio. she said she was going uh, two or three times a week before nice. COVID. Now, now, not so much, but yeah. she's finding other ways to keep busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, incredible stories. I think it's so cool to come at the angle of folks who have maybe not been in love with exercise or fitness before, and for them to 
see how much of an impact that strength training can specifically make. And I think uh, where we want to start today is talking about what makes strength training hard. Because of the components of fitness, like mobility, stretching, walking, cardio, like all of these components, to plug them into a week is difficult. But I think it's fair to say that strength training is sometimes the hardest to get in there. Um, What do you think's made it hard this last year, Lindsay, specifically to do strength training? Uh, not having access to a gym. <laughs> oh, are you talking uh, about the pandemic? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about to? the pandemic. Also, yeah. And then when people wanted to go online and maybe purchase dumbbells or whatnot, <laughs> wasn't there like this big trend of them yeah. like not even being like people couldn't even buy them? People were trying to still hard. create. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to create home gyms. I think um, Mitchell was trying to help out our Embrace program with the dumbbell orders. And wasn't there like price gouging going oh. on with dumbbell oh, orders? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't believe it. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Mitchell, what what else? So obviously the pandemic, access to a, equipment uh, became difficult because people are trying to do workouts at home. What else do you think makes strength training hard for folks to, to, to do? Like at home specifically? Just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's say at home, I know it's a lot, a lot of times I've talked to people who you're using the same space for multiple activities. Yeah. So it's hard for them to get in that mode to work out when it's the same space they're eating in or sitting in or I think that's a good point yeah mm-hmm. almost like you need a separate space at home mm-hmm. if you are going to do strength training at home yeah. yeah yeah I don't think people know what to do either exactly. they're not necessarily confident without somebody looking at them cueing them what weights to use yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah of components of fitness it's a confusing one and I think it when you think about strength training what's so hard is folks have a lot of injuries too where they have a lot of pain and to your point, knowing which exercises aren't going to cause more pain but are long-term going to help that person is so important. And sometimes it's just not knowing what exercises are right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's so much out there too. You know, people know that this doesn't feel good for the body, so they need an alternative so they can Google search at YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be eight different people saying eight different things saying you should never do this, but you should always do this. The next person's contradicting that right away 100 yeah. and so it's just a yeah you know, just confusing from the jump yeah 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 it's a I know, m- minefield yeah well and a lot of our listeners might be women just throwing it out there are they uh, well i'm gonna guess <laughs> i think they are yeah so head sky <laughs> we get more women than males and i think mm-hmm. there's also this idea of it's gonna make me big it's oh, gonna yeah. make me swole the, the bulk factor <laughs> which yeah. i actually think is you know awesome to be able to build muscle but i think there is just misinformation on like the female body physically capable. I mean, some can get extremely muscular, but that takes, I mean, you're basically an elite athlete at that point. It takes a specific type of training. And I think this is why strength training is hard to do because there's confusion. It's hard. There's some fears as well. So the confusion, the fears, and then you couple that with a pandemic and not being able to go places to do this, Mm -hmm. man, like it's a recipe for strength training, not being in your routine. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yep. So, would you guys think it's fair to say, like, if if you were to do a form of fitness with a group of people or with someone else, like, why is strength training and and Lindsay, you've been you you do your strength training around other people for the most part. Why why do you think strength training is important to do around other people? I personally find it very motivating. Um, yeah. If I'm by myself, I can easily convince myself. We're good. We're fine. Uh, I don't need to add more weight on. Um, when I'm around other people, I just naturally want to push myself more. Uh, and I think there's something to be said about even helping someone else, 
where you can spot them, you can help, you know, get weights. Like, I just think it's way more fun with someone else. It's almost like there's more more feedback and more motivation is what, yeah. I, what I hear you saying. Yeah. Mitchell, you, you want to add to that from a standpoint of accountability? Like, what's, what's different about a group or having a trainer? Yeah, I mean, having that accountability partner, whether it is a friend, family member, trainer, is, is huge. Simply from what Lindsay said, having someone to push you, even if it's five pounds more mm-hmm. yeah. than what you would normally do by yourself, um, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, like Lindsay said, it's like super easy to talk yourself out of it yeah. when and you're by yourself. Definitely. And sometimes when you're by yourself, it can get pretty monotonous or boring. You, you know, you get stuck in your same ways. Whereas if Jeff and I went to go work out, Jeff's like, Hey, I check this thing out. I want you to try this. Yeah, like, oh, I've never seen them. Cause you know how I am about programming. <laughs> right, very, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't get him started. Yeah, Jeff, we can do a whole podcast. Jeff, ha- <laughs> Jeff has to write the workout. Uh, that's that's how it works. I can't even write a workout at home because it's like, ugh, I'm like, <laughs> dude, come on. Hey, hey, do do people complain about our workouts at Skyterra Wellness? I think uh, they they enjoy our workouts for the most part. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is that accurate? Is that yeah. an accurate statement? Jeff, do you want me to tell you you're right? <laughs> uh, we'll save that for off air. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. All right, cool. So we've covered what makes strength training hard. I think there was a lot in there. It's confusing. It's it's hard when you don't have equipment, you know, finding that space at home. Now where I want to head with this, Lindsay and Mitchell, is why is strength training important? You know, we, we've shared some stories about the long-term change that we've seen in guests. We've shared the blood sugar changes that individuals receive by putting strength training into their life. So, Lindsay, from the nutrition angle here, how does strength training help someone with their nutrition? So I'll start off with the blood sugar. I am going to go back to that because the way strength training works is from a physiological perspective, you're using stored glycogen to push through some – so that's basically stored carbohydrates, stored energy in your body and your muscles. So to be clear, it's stored energy in your muscles when you do a certain type of fitness. And especially strength training because you're pushing weight, you're exerting yourself in a very short period of time. And so the fuel source your body's more prone to use would be this stored glycogen because it can be utilized more quickly. Yeah. Which then means your body gets better at literally using carbs for fuel. So for anyone that is concerned with blood sugars, fasting blood sugars, just blood sugars throughout the day, insulin resistance, strength training makes you more insulin sensitive. 100%. Super positive for just overall health and well-being. So by contracting the muscles, it basically improves our body's ability to metabolize carbs. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's huge. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much a game changer. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's also important to note there where when we deplete glycogen, that allows our body to then burn and tap into fat. Yeah. Yeah. And then with women, you know, once they hit, let's just say menopause, estrogen drops. Okay. And so the reason why I bring that up is because estrogen is very protective for the bone. Oh. And so to prevent osteoporosis strength training actually becomes really, really key for women that are definitely in, I'd say, just anything pre- Postmenopausal. Yeah, intra and postmenopausal where, you know, when that estrogen starts to drop. Okay. So hormonally, if we do strength training as we're aging, specifically for females, that's going to help with bone health. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mitchell, how does how does cardio get in the way of strength training? I think we're we've we talked a little bit about why it's important. It's important for 
improving insulin sensitivity, so our body's ability to metabolize, and then second, uh, this bone health thing. I see a lot of folks falling into this trap of doing cardio and that getting in the way of them building muscle. So Mm -hmm. um, you want to elaborate on on cardio and and how that happens? Yeah, I think when we want to see body composition changes, you know, increase our muscle mass, decrease our fat loss, a lot of individuals are going to prioritize cardio over the strength training. Yeah. Just probably because it's easier to do, um, you know, you don't need as much guidance. Everyone either knows how to walk, run, bike, etc. Um, or they think they do. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but in reality, when we do too much cardio, it can actually inhibit our muscle growth, uh, especially if we're doing too much of intense cardio or that, that middle, that mushy middle, as we call it, that um, long steady state type of cardio for long periods of time. So in reality, uh, strength training, you can get your cardio benefits through strength training, believe it or not. There's a couple ways to go about that. And then you're going to get the most bang for your buck while strength training as well. So you're going to build the muscle as well as decrease that fat loss at the same time as opposed to where cardio, more often than not, you're not necessarily going to be building muscle. Yeah. Can you lose fat? Yes. You can also lose muscle doing cardio, which when strength training is not necessarily the case. Yeah. Yeah. With cardio, it's expending energy. You're depleting mm-hmm. just energy in general. With strength training, it's kind of a different mechanism that gives your body way different things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good point to make sure that you're creating a balance between cardio and strength and not doing what, you, what you're yeah. saying, that long, mushy middle mm-hmm. on the same days that you're strength training. Yeah. Lindsay, you've been in the strength training world for quite some time now. Uh, I know you do some strength training at home as well when we can't switch <laughs> off in, uh, in going to the gym. Um, how have you seen like you keeping up with strength training, like not only like in, like in your, in your shoes, how has it impacted your life, like your daily living? And then how about with our guests? Do you see like strength training making a difference in their daily living? Yeah. I mean, personally, I've really, if anything, I just try to maintain what I've got. Yeah. Um, especially since having Mia. Yeah. You uh, mean like having a baby yeah. changes your life? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? 100. Hmm. Um, I will say that having this the physical strength has been super helpful just to keep up with her. Yeah. Being able to hold her, being able to get up and off the ground. Mitchell, she might be faster than you. Mm. Who, me or test. Mia? Mia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's huge. I think so when I think of our guests, just quality of life, being able to play with their grandkids, being able to do the things they want to do, even have the strength to do some of the cardio. I think that's one of the things is that if people want to go on a hike, you know, there's a degree of strength. That yeah. there's that there's like can be you, there. you need to be strong to go hiking. You need mm-hmm. to be strong to do anything in life. I think yeah. it's a good point to make that relationship with cardio and then it helps you do those longer duration activities. Mm-hmm. Mitchell, you work around the guests a lot more than me these days. Strength training. How have you seen it impact our guest daily living activities? I mean, you, you see it every every single week, you know, people come in here or guests come in here that maybe haven't done something in a long time or yeah. have struggled getting off the ground. Um, kind of like Lindsay said, struggle picking up their grandkids. And I just had a, a guest the other day, we literally worked on getting off the ground nice. from a lying position oh for gosh. 30 minutes. That's how, how super did, cool. How'd they do with it? Amazing. Yeah. And the thing was, he, he was- Oh, this, I know what you're talking about because I remember you reminded me of this session. This guest uh, came in with neuropathy, right? Yeah. 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 So, so already balance being tough. Right. The thing was, they knew 
that they were they didn't know they could already do it. The thing was they just needed someone to basically show them that they already they already had that strength for it. But now that they're in the program working on their strength, it's only be, becoming easier. That's so cool. super Each cool. And, every day. and this guess, I've seen a complete transformation huge, in a week time. Huge. Like, oh my gosh, the first strength training class last Tuesday. And then uh, just seeing how much this individual is doing is absolutely amazing. And I think mm-hmm. to what Mitchell just said, the missing factor that we haven't hit on hard here is why is strength training is important? It gives you confidence. Mm. Gives you confidence to do those things that you want to do and move heavy weight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. Lindsay getting inspirational. <laughs> the Inspired Intentions podcast. Lightweight. Um, last thing I just want to add, and then we'll move on uh, to help you listeners at home how to make this simple, because that's the 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 key with this. I, I remember this guest. This was when we were at our past Catatoga property. So when we were at the old property, and Connect is one of those classes where guests who aren't super strong are fearful of because they know the class is all on the ground. So I remember this guest, she was staying with us two weeks. She came in and uh, it was her first week of connect class. I remember leading her first connect and she's like, oh, is it okay if I use a chair? You know, sort of kind of embarrassed. I was like, of course it's okay. We're going to develop strength, you know, use the chair as much as you need it. And then I bet you as, as your time goes through here, you do the program, things are going to change. So that first week she, she used the chair. She, that was her support. Um, she was building up strength, getting acclimated to the program. This was the tail end of the second week. It was a Wednesday. She came into Connect class, and I happened to be teaching this day. She went down on the floor, completely without the chair. Nobody was noticing, but this was a big Connect class. Others, of course, had noticed the previous week of her using the chair. And our guests are so encouraging to one another. Oh. I mean, it's it's encouraging. incredible. En- encouraging? Did I say that right? <laughs> that Boston accent it came out. Came out a little. So... It was about 10 days later. She's been doing some strength training, mobility, yoga, eating healthy, walking. And so it's, it's Wednesday. She goes into the class. Nobody notices. She gets down on the ground. It's the end of the class. She gets entirely back up. Mm. And I just remember in the old yurt, all the guests who, who were in that class that day started clapping for wow. her. Mm-hmm. Started just clapping. And the room kind of erupted with like just a camaraderie for what she had accomplished. And I think... That's the heart of why strength training is important because it allows you to live your life. Powerful. Allows you to do the things you want to do. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and help everybody out at home now how to make it simple because strength training is not simple. So here's our solution today. Let's let's go back and forth here. Mitchell, you want to kick things off? How often should people do strength training? Yeah. In all reality, you know, two to three times a week is plenty. Okay. You know, a lot of times we're going to see people that are, you gotta go five days a week, you gotta go Monday through Friday, even on the weekends, go hard. In all reality, two to three times a week is wonderful. Even if it's once a week, it's still better than doing nothing at all during the mm-hmm. week. Yeah, and I um I remind guests often when uh, I'm, I'm discussing strength training with them is even if you do it within a two week period of time, mm-hmm. you do it one time, you will still maintain your strength mm-hmm. as long as you're doing full body routines. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mitchell, we've got a lot of folks who are still working out at home, maybe a bit fearful of going to a group class at this time, getting getting outside, getting out of their element still with the pandemic going on. Um, what would be three things? Like, if you could tell our listeners, what should they have at home that could help them start a strength training routine? Yeah, I think the first and foremost would be a set of dumbbells. Yeah. And if you can, get the versatile ones that, you know, click into place where you can go anywhere from oh. like five to 
whatever it is, 90 pounds. So you like the Bowflex oh, versions. Cool. Well, there's a couple of versions out there. Bowflex yeah. ones are nice. They are nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know so that, basically, just so listeners can visualize this, you can change the weights and they right. don't take up a lot of space. Right, exactly. For space, space efficiency purposes, nice. it's great. And then obviously with dumbbells, you can do literally any movement under the sun. So that'd be number one for sure. Two and three, you can totally debate, I'd say. I think a I think a TRX. Let's debate. I think Ooh, do this. I like TRX. I think a TRX yeah. suspension trainer would be a good second. That'd be in my top three. Yeah. Have you seen all the moves we're doing on these TRXs now, Lindsay? With no. Sarah and Mitchell and Maddie up no, there. No, I, I mean, should I should join. Oh man, they get your biceps and tries going. The cool <laughs> yeah. thing about the TRX is it's it's a lot of body weight. One hundred. Yeah. Exactly. Just got gravity working on you. Yeah. It's yeah. great. I think it allows people to who do have mobility issues too to stay in a better position. 100. Gives them a little bit more support to help with that balance factor and super easy to rig mm-hmm. this up at home. Yeah. There's a couple I mean we do it we have the around the rig here. You can hook it into a wall, but this they have the one that goes over the door frame as well. So a lot of options. If you want to get fancy, you could always put in a rig in your house as well. Yeah. I was going to say, does that count? About, that would be Just like dope. a power rack? How cool would that be? That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. We'll work on it. Yeah. Mitchell's dream home yeah. one day. Yeah. All right, what's number three? My third one, I'd say, I'd say a step-up box. Oh, yeah. I like that. I was thinking that. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say that. We, we actually convinced him of this prior to getting on, on, <laughs> oh, on really? the episode today. <laughs> yeah, we shamed him into deciding on the step-up box. What was yeah. your other yeah. option? Yeah, let's let's let's. Well, hear I it. thought you know maybe like an incline bench, so Ugh. you can go flat and oh, incline. There's a lot yeah. of stuff you Lindsay, can do with that. Female perspective: what, Do do we need a incline bench? Well, I, is that I, necessary? I, Say yes. I do think it's something nice to sit on. All right, well, that's the thing. So a lot of <laughs> if you're at home, you got to sit on like your okay. kitchen table. Yeah, every now and then, your chair, you just your couch. Sit, you know. All right. All right. All right. And then it goes incline and go. Some go decline. You know what? Number the only what thing with be, the bench oh, is, is that it's hard to do step up stuff on. Like it's a little too wobbly to yeah. do the step up stuff. Yeah, yeah, and people's knees collapse. I was actually watching this video on Facebook of a fitness trainer, and she was stepping up on a bench. What do you mean knees collapse? Collapse. So they step <laughs> up on a bench that's a little unstable surface, so the knees dive in. And oh, so okay. I definitely recommend a hard surface step up box, or use a step in your house is another way of going about it. There are hard benches that turn into step ups. Okay. You can drop. What? Oh, okay. All right. I think we solved this. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay, what would be one other piece of equipment that you would want at home? A kettlebell. Kettlebell. Yeah. She uses a kettlebell, you know, on our wet bar, um, which we have a house where the wet bar is totally unnecessary. Um, uh, the, the, she keeps the kettlebell there for the morning time. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a classic, just work out in the living room. Yeah. Thrusters. It's pretty legit. That works. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're, we're, (laughs) we're getting there. A few final tips. So how, uh, and let's go, go to you on this, Lindsay, first, since you're designing these home routines. Um, How would you design just a simple home strength training routine? I I love myself a good old EMOM. EMOM. Okay. So EMOM stands for Mitchell? Every minute on the minute. Probably the number one question we get at Skyterra. Yeah. And so, (laughs) so let's say you've got, 12 minutes. Yep. Then I might do minute one It are like goblet squats. So basically front squats holding, you know. Dumbbell or my, kettlebell. My good old kettlebell. Yep. And then minute two might be push-ups. Okay. And then I just alternate it until I'm done with my 12 minutes. And so I might do like 10 like, to 12 squats and then 10, 10 to 12, 12 push-ups. push-ups. 
yep. and just kind of call it a day. And folks could modify this from a countertop or go from their knees on yeah. the push-ups, making sure to keep the elbows in. Yeah. Now that's, I, I also like to compliment just with some sort of squat every week. Okay. Is that for functionality or you just like squats? Functionality. I mean, I would like to continue to get up and off the ground the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and be able to do that also with Mia. And I feel like squats are a really important component. How do you feel about squats, Mitchell? Love them. Okay. Yeah. Fitness director conferred. Uh, Mitchell, how about for you? What What would be uh, an example of a simple strength training r- routine at home? Yeah. So if you're if you're thinking you're going to work out at home two or three times a week, it's definitely sticking full body. Okay. Pick you know one to two movements. Two upper body movements, two lower body movements, maybe two core movements. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, nice little full body. You can go EMOM style. Yeah. You can go more sets and reps based. Um, kind of whatever you're feeling. There's a bunch of ways you can spice it up. Yeah. And totally for listeners at home, we have this website. It's called skyterrathome.com. You mm. can go there. We've got some EMOMs that are live there. We've got some lean, some different classes you can do from your very own living room. And you can think of Lindsay with her kettlebell that's on the wet bar. Yep. Yep. Uh, great. So what would be like some, if someone doesn't have access to equipment, Mitchell, is there something they can do to still build some strength over time at home? Yeah. I mean, body weight is always going to be there. Okay. Um, and there's, like I said, there's a couple ways you can switch that up to create like a new stimulus in your body to see some change. So, you know, if with body weight, say you, Lindsay, for example, going into a body weight squat, maybe she just drops down, does 12, you know, at her own speed. You could slow it down. Think about like a five oh, second down, yeah. hold at the bottom for a second and then shoot up. Yeah. Okay. So your body's probably not used to that. Yep. And it might seem really slow to you at first, but your body could adapt and you might see some changes that way. Yeah. Yeah. The eccentric. The eccentric. That's Big right. Big words. Big words. Eccentric. That can be really tough to do on your own for sure, but it does build strength yeah. super quickly and also helps just grab more of the muscles as yeah. you're descending into the squat. Um, remember during uh, our Facebook Lives when we shut our program down for a couple months? Super fun time. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so, so grateful okay. to be back open. Um, but we did a whole water jug workout. I know jug isn't always the best word, um, but water gallon workout. Jug? <laughs> Is jug okay? I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think right. you overthought that one. Okay. Okay. Container. <laughs> I think I was teaching a primal strong class once and I, I used the word jug and people giggled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you can get creative at home. Yeah. Body weight is your best bet. And just final words of wisdom from, from my perspective here is you got to create a positive feedback loop with strength training. So if we want to make it simple, I think a great way to start at home is to do like a benchmark. So spinning off of Mitchell's examples and Lindsay's examples, you could, you know, you got that kettlebell kettlebell at home. You could do 50 squats with the kettlebell. Then you could do 40 push-ups. Then you could do 30 sit-ups. Then you could do 20 lunges. And then maybe, I don't know, 10 burpees. Does that sound good? Ooh. Not a fun workout, but this is called benchmarking. And yeah. a 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 is a significant amount of reps So you do this on week one, and then as you do a couple days a week of strength training, I mean, it is remarkable what will happen in a four-week period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we actually did that with our virtual program, and it was astonishing. They sped up through their benchmark, went a lot faster. It's just a great way of getting positivity from your strength versus just assuming you're building muscle. It'll be clear that if you go faster through a benchmark workout, you have 
obviously built some muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can yeah. I can I say add something Go for to it. this? Yeah. Is one of the benefits I think from work coming to Skyterra or working like with you two, like just strength professionals oh, would be strength professionals. Wow. I like that. Yeah. That might be the first time I've heard that. That yeah, might be the next introduction pro. of, strength of Mitchell pro. when he would comes be on the podcast. Quality movement. Like yes. it, mm, yeah. there's nothing that irks me more than seeing wormy push ups <laughs> and wormy. But, wormy. spaghetti backs. Well, but I get it because they're building that, up strength. Yeah, there's always a starting point, but quality over quantity for sure. So yeah, when you are point. starting, take you know, be mindful of how you're form. moving. Yeah. yeah, it's not how much you move; it's how you move that matters the most. Yeah, well said. Yeah. All right. Well, the only th- other thing uh, that that I'll add here is journal. Make sure you're scheduling these workouts, plan, prepare, proceed. It's always the three Ps. Think about it. If you're trying to start a habit, write in the days during the week when you're going to do your strength training. Mitchell, anything else to add before we wrap this up? No, I think you hit it around the head. I think we got a nice full circle here of everything. I'm, I'm happy with it all. All right. <laughs> our strength professionals said we are good for our podcast today. So let me just do a quick recap here. And then Lindsay, you can close this out because you're so good at it. I remember from our weight loss series, you're awesome. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so here, here's what we covered today, guys. Quick recap. Strength training has been hard. Pandemic has gotten in the way. You can't go to classes as much. It's confusing, it can be intimidating, and it requires some accountability, having others around you to make it a little bit easier. So acknowledge that it is hard. Second, strength training is important. You heard the stories in the beginning, the short-term impact, and then the long-term impact. Absolutely amazing what strength training can do for your life, not just physiologically and hormonally, but just the biggest thing that I think we hit on hard was how it's gonna improve your daily living. It's gonna improve how you go about your life. Uh, And lastly, make it simple. We've given you some quick thoughts on how to make this simple. You got Lindsay's living room workout example. You've got uh, Mitchell, fitness professional, uh, strength (laughs) professional, sorry. You got his rundown of two upper body, two lower body, and two core. And then also remember, SkyTerra at home is your resource. How'd I do? Feeling good on the wrap up? Yeah, Yeah, feeling good. All right. Well, thank you for being with us here today. And uh, Mitchell, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Lindsay, it's also been a pleasure too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Just a quick recap. That was episode number 63. Why strength training is what you've been missing. Remember, keep it simple. And anytime you need a good refresher, this is a great episode to go back to. Which brings us to our number two top pick from the Inspired Intentions podcast. If you can change one meal, you can change the rest. That's episode number 25, where we bring Lindsay Ford back on to talk with Rachel and Jeff all about meal planning, adding variety. We go over some recipes. There's some really great, solid tips and tricks to keep it simple and make meal planning really effective for you in here. And I hope you all enjoy. Are you excited for this? Uh, You know I love this guest. Yes, this is a very special guest. And it's interesting because when we think about certain things that we're always planning in our life, like you plan your vacations, you plan what you're going to do at work, you plan what you're going to do on the weekends, we sometimes forget 
to meal plan. And do you eat meals every day? I try to. I always try to. And uh, sometimes it's a little bit sporadic, but it's so important that when we're fueling our bodies that we kind of have a plan around it. And when I was covering for this lovely guest that we're soon to introduce, uh, I was covering her Nutrition Redefined course while she was off. At Skytera. Yeah. And I started to kind of do some research around the value of a meal plan. And I came across a study, PubMed, 2017, 40,500 uh, people. And so that's a big sample big size. Big sample size, yeah. yeah. And the reference will definitely be in the show notes because I found this interesting because it looked at people over a 10-year time period. And what they wanted to see is, you know, half the group with a meal plan and the other half not having a meal plan, who would be more successful with getting their nutrition in? And what they figured out as a result of those who had the meal plan, they had higher food variety which I know for everyone, it's like, man, what am I going to cook tonight? Yeah. Right? Second to this, they had higher diet quality. So the foods that they were eating were supporting their body more. And then third, it did have an association with better weight management over mm. the course of the study. And so I think uh, we're going to talk all about planning and nutrition once we introduce our guests. Yeah. And so just to summarize, meal planning has the potential to improve the quality of your food, mm -hmm. improve the quality of the variety of your diet, and then also to help with weight management. 100. That sounds pretty great. Low-hanging fruit. Can I introduce the guest? Of course you can. So this guest is someone who's been on the show before. This is Lindsay Ford, lead dietitian at Skyterra. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. Who also happens to be Jeff's wife. She's pretty cool. She's pretty great. Welcome, Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. So we're going to talk meal planning today. That sounds wonderful. Have you seen the study that Jeff had referenced? Do you find that... She's you know, going to use it in her class now. It's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen that exact one, but it makes complete sense that those would be the outcomes because meal planning is a way that it can just make everyone's lives easier. And as a outcome and as a result, then we tend to just eat um, a little bit more nutritiously. Hmm. So let's just take a step back and make this really basic. When we say meal planning, what exactly do we mean? Are we, am I planning all three meals seven for all seven days of the week? I think ideally, yes. Um, meal planning, you know, if somebody's never done it before, uh, then we could always start off a little bit more simple and even just plan dinners. Uh, but ideally, thinking about okay, if I have seven days out of the week and there are 21 meals, three main meals a day, um, not saying to not plan snacks, that would be of great value. We love our snacks. Love the snacks. We do, especially when we're podcasting. Yeah. It's important. Podcast snacks. Yeah. And you've got to kind of plan for that, you mm -hmm. know? So being able to think, okay, what's going to be for dinners? What am I going to pack for lunch? Because a lot of people have to either pack or bring something in, or perhaps it's resources that you can, you know, just access very easily, whether it's somewhere, you know, some people work in a hospital. So, okay, could I use the cafeteria to my advantage and planning around that? Um, and then also thinking about, okay, what are going to be some really simple breakfast ideas to not make things too complicated? And so then you kind of back engineer it and you create a grocery list based off that. Uh, to support whatever you've planned for for the week. So meal planning, in essence, is really, I, I'd say writing it down as a part of it, mm -hmm. uh, but 
putting it out there where you know, okay, what am I going to eat for the next seven days? And for some, it could be a little overwhelming to think for the entire week. So even thinking in chunks of like, okay, for the next two or three days, what could this look like? Hmm. Um, Because most of us have to go grocery shopping probably more than once a week. So kind of thinking in that kind of regards too. Yeah, seven days can probably be tough for our listeners at first who maybe haven't been meal planning at all to kind of break it down a little more simply. And would you say even like with the weekends or when we're going out, often um, there might be nice to have a plan around the days that we're going to eat out as well? Yeah. So interesting. Uh, The average American eats out roughly four to five times in a week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and and for some, they eat out more than that. For others, they desire to do less, but that's the average. And so if we think about that, it's like, okay, well, we don't have to necessarily, we can plan a little bit for that and plan where we're going to go and look at menus and get excited. Uh, But ultimately, we want to think okay, with those meals going out, I only need to plan for then however many. Mm-hmm. That way you're not overbuying and wasting food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can probably take a little bit of ease off in that not all of those, some of those meals out will support us, of course. And some of those meals out, we might just want to be enjoying on the weekends and not have to overthink them, like scan the menus aggressively. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Sorry, this reminds me of a fun fact that is along our topic right now. I heard it's close to about 50% of our expenditures today are now spent on food outside the home. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back uh, in the early like uh, 1900s or so, it was like closer to 90% uh, was f- food spent in the home. And so there's been a complete reversal. And I've uh, gotten more familiar with these statistics when Lindsay was out uh, with our child Mia. Mia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we spend um, a lot of money, you know, that could be going into the home. And now it's going out. And so then that can also change what we eat, how much we eat. So there's a lot of uh, just different out, di- different symptoms that can happen from all of this, too, on how we have shifted over the years of eating less in the home and more eating out. And I'm guessing I've heard you talk before about nutrient-dense foods and nutrient-dense meals. If we're comparing, and I know this is super obvious, but I just want to say it, if we're comparing food that I have thoughtfully prepared at home versus food that I grabbed from the gas station on my way home, obviously we know which is going to be more nutrient-dense. Yeah, the gas station. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have good choices? What do you mean? I mean, you could get super creative, which would be fascinating to do like a you know, an outing like that. Oh, that would be cool. Like a challenge. Yeah. Go in and yeah. create the Lindsay would you rock can. that. We could call it the shell. We might have to do that. Shell challenge. Yeah. That um, could come up in alumni week. Oh, yeah. 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 Just in and out, you know. But yeah, I mean, we're when we're in the home, we're probably going to choose more nutrient-dense stuff. We're getting more vegetables, more fruits. Um, proteins are probably going to be of higher quality. Like all that stuff is going to come into play. What about people who... Um, don't thoughtfully plan meals, does it help with making sure that you're eating more regularly? Yeah, I'd say that's one of the most helpful values is that we can actually be more consistent with our eating times mm-hmm. throughout the day when we have things planned. And that's this, that's probably the thing that I see it benefit. One of the biggest benefits is actually being able to honor, okay, I'm actually eating lunch at a reasonable time because I know that this is there for me. Uh, When we tend to 
live our life. I mean, most of us live super busy on the go. Um, before you know it, it's three o'clock and it's like, what am I going to eat for lunch? Or I'll just wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then an entire meal is skipped. And, you know, and then it's five o'clock. And you're ravenous. Exactly. And it's difficult, too, where, like, you're scurrying for food in the morning because you didn't think about your lunch for the next day. Next day. And if, like, you have a commute to work it's and it's not close to anything where you can purchase something that's going to support your mission and, and the nutrition you want to lead, then it becomes, like, kind of a scramble is what I'd describe mm. with not having this meal plan. Yes. So... Not having a meal plan or not having meals prepared or food prepped, what you're looking at is probably in general more impulsive decision making. Mm-hmm. And so when you have more impulsive decision making, um, I'd say for those that tend to struggle with overeating, um, any overeating behaviors, typically when you mix impulsive uh, with certain environments, then you're going to open potentially the floodgates to then a lot of food guilt, shame that kind of comes afterwards. Um, so by prepping food, planning food, then you're supporting your own personal environment, even when you're in challenging environments or in challenging situations. That's a great point. I mean, when you think about food, I always like to think about it where like there's a lot of influences, like there's a lot of kind of systems around why we eat. You know, one might be biology, one might be social aspect of things, Mm -hmm. one might be our emotions. But the environmental piece is one of the biggest that impacts all of us is like readily healthy foods aren't always available. And when we don't have the plan, we are going to, of course, more gravitate towards things that maybe aren't what we want to be consuming. It's this is more observation. I I would love to see a study on this. But Mm -hmm. for those that uh, work in the field of like um real estate, those that are oh. nurses um, or medical, uh, any sort of attorney that I've ever worked with, which we've we've come across these kinds of pr- professions at Skyterra, um, because their jobs in nature are pretty, I'd say somewhat unpredictable and they have to be kind of always be on at all hours or whatever that, you know, each each role probably is a little bit different. But I find that they're eating times are probably the most inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so meal planning for these, indiv- as as more difficult as it might be for them, it could actually benefit the most um, mm-hmm. because they're just all over the place. You're trying to create some sense of like timing within the chaos of what their life might be with like, you know, of course, if you're a nurse, you're going to be taking care of someone when they need to be taken care of. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like my mom, for example, was a teacher. So she had a very specific time mm-hmm. that she knew she could have lunch. Well, what about professions that don't have that? Right. And so we have to work even harder to make sure that that, you know, happens for ourselves. Is that, okay, even if I plan to bring food in, when am I going to eat? So it sounds like meal planning involves a couple of different things, which would be food prep. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, the planning, not only the planning of what am I going to get from the grocery store, but also when am I going to make sure I have time to eat this, especially if that break isn't built into my day. Yeah. And I think that's a missing piece of this is kind of thinking about the timing of it, too. I think that's huge. It's like you can write the plan, but if you don't like say when and where it's going to happen, usually plans don't fully become operational. Yeah. How often have we maybe purchased stuff to make for dinner 
And then you get home and you're like, yeah, I don't feel like doing it. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) So that can easily happen. And so, you know, when we can try to, and not to say we should over plan our lives because things always happen, you know, and we can take Mm -hmm. that um, a little out of control. Uh, But having some, I'd say even time ranges can be really valuable. Kind of have some flexibility in it. So it's not like all or nothing. I have to eat it at noon. Otherwise, I'm just going to wait till dinner. Yes. Yeah. What yeah. would you say? I, I, I hear this a lot just when I'm, I'm speaking with guests and individuals about habits. And when you start to kind of want to set these specific intentions of when people are going to do what, they kind of have this fear around being as specific as in like it's just going to be going to happen. So what I'm, I'm really asking is what would you say to that person who's like they they label themselves as not a planner? Do, do you have mm. anything you would tell them? I would say... They could use that to their advantage. Um, so if someone's not a planner, then it's like, well, maybe they have more of a free flow, flexible, creative mind. Um, and so within that, okay, could they use that to their advantage to maybe spark really fun dinner ideas? Um, Ooh, I like that, Lindsay. I would say they, they've actually got something going for them. <laughs> they could probably, you know, create really satisfying meals and and. And to be able to kind of ask the question of, okay, well, how is that working for them? Mm-hmm. So if they recognize there are some things that they would like to change, well, in order for that, to, if in order to get the outcome that they want, so maybe it's improved health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, if the, well, I'm just not a planner. Um, I hate cooking, don't like cooking. It's never going to work for me. Okay, well, how can we, kind of honor that to some degree while also making sure that you're you're eating throughout the day Mm -hmm. um and because that's ultimately what needs to happen is we all need to be fed throughout the day um so it's it's taking someone's strengths applying it Mm -hmm. and then also recognizing well you're human um and you have physical needs that need to be met and how is it working for you to not meet those needs? Gotcha. Gotcha. So kind of exploring that and then trying to figure out what sort of rhythm that non-planner could execute on. Mm-hmm. Because they may find that the mornings, they have more energy to put into it. Okay, great. Make yourself an awesome breakfast. Cool. Um, they may find that um, they'd rather start off with really putting energy into dinner. Great. Mm-hmm. And maybe they get some sort of delivery service-esque kind of thing to support breakfast and lunch. I heard two things there. So focus on one meal mm-hmm. at first. Just really think about that one meal where they have more of that energy, as you're saying. And mm-hmm. then second to that, uh, meal delivery service. I think we see a lot of these in the environment now. And that's like one way our environment is helping us get those healthy foods in. Do you have a company you'd like to give a free commercial to? <laughs> free commercial. <laughs> um, so I'm going to first say if there's something in, in someone's local area, I would absolutely explore that because I've worked with some people that have someone that they go to that makes meals for a lot of people um, and they can individualize it a little bit more. Mm. Um, or there's like a local company that's not super big mainstream mm-hmm. and it might work with pick up or drop off or delivery a little bit easier. Um, one of the one of the de- delivery services that we've used is called the Good Kitchen. Really enjoyed that. But a question to ask is, do you want to cook or not? So some of these services, they give you the ingredients, 
and you prepare it. Oh, yeah. Or it's already prepared for you. And and a lot of them right now are more of the, we'll give you the ingredients and you prepare it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the folks that we see come through Skyterra really just want <laughs> doesn't necessarily solve the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, I just need the meal prepared. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we get so many folks who are eating like almost all their meals out. Like that's not an anomaly. And mm-hmm. I think like listeners need to hear that is I, I don't think it's easy to be doing as much cooking these days. So it's like figuring out ways around that is, is crucial. Yeah. And it's getting creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a huge piece of it. And it could be uh really exploring you know even getting more help in your house it could look like um maybe if you like cooking but you just kind of been it's finding the right cookbook or the right recipes i mean it's you know it for each person it's going to be a little bit different but yeah yeah lindsay when you're planning out your meals do you use a piece of paper or a notebook or a whiteboard or is there an app that you would recommend so at first i started when I first got into meal planning, I was totally writing it out on paper. I'm going to be completely honest. Now it's just like in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, which kind of isn't always great because my variety and creativity doesn't get as explored as much. Because um, if I really sit down and write it, I start to think about different styles and different cuisines that mm-hmm. could be. Uh, I can tell the weeks when she hasn't written it out. <laughs> Lindsay's such a good cook. She is a great cook. <laughs> However, there's one or two nights that are questionable. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. However, I'm very well fed. There are perks to this relationship. I would say just very particular too. So Very particular. Yeah. 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 I'll admit it on air. Yeah. So then I'm resistant sometimes. You know who's even more particular? <laughs> Our executive producer. <laughs> this guy, like you try to order him a latte. <laughs> At at, at uh, Dunkin' Uh-oh. Donuts or Starbucks, and he like you know you offer him these three different you know flavors, and he can't he can't handle it. He's like he wants one that I haven't named a lot of the times. Oh gosh, yeah. he does not want an eggnog. No, okay. no, no. It's like who wouldn't want eggnog? <laughs> Anyways, seasonal. It's seasonal. <laughs> Tis the season. <laughs> so write down your plan. I would. I would start with that. Um, I don't think it needs to be anything fancy. I think a great just having a separate journal for that could be great. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a journal that or a notebook that it's your meal plan, but it's also a little food log, food journal mm-hmm. if you're interested in doing that. You also have a lot of great resources on SkyTerraAtHome.com, like those yes. meal planning worksheets and stuff. Uh, there's other resources. One in particular, I know you mention this all the time. I we may, we may even mention it before in our last podcast, but it's a brands and grocery store list. Our guests like go crazy over it. Can when you I was, describe that, Jeff? It, so it's basically a list of all of the recommended brands by our lead dietitian, Lindsay Ford. And so she's carefully curated the different sort of categories of the things you're probably already purchasing and they're the mainstream brands that you can probably find in most grocery stores. Did yeah. I miss anything? You did not miss anything. You see how great I was yeah. filling in? And it's definitely more like nation, nationwide. So yeah. again, if you have something local, we encourage it because that's always great. Do you know where that information also exists, which I don't think we've talked about on the podcast. That you go is, to the library section. It also exists in our uh, Skyterra at Home cookbook. Which oh, is, yeah. I'm still on Skyterra at Home. Gotcha. It is our very first cookbook, and you can actually order that online. And oh. I will put 
all of these links in the show notes as always and there's meal planning tips in the cookbook yeah it's a great cookbook yeah yeah the other thing can i just put out there with meal planning um you know we're talking about like kind of the bones and the structure of it right now uh but also thinking about okay well what's this actually going to look like per meal so uh the skyterra plate is a really nice visual of that which you can also find on skyterra at home but it's thinking about okay Where's the protein? Where are the veg? Like, where are the veggies coming in? Um, honoring fat. And then where's that starch and carb? I'd say that's kind of the, you know, if we had to portion out the plate, that's what it would kind of look like. Um, so I just want to put that out there. Did you personally draw that plate that we have? Was that you? Yeah. So it started off with a drawing on paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I remember at the time, um, it was Don Ray was here. Okay. And okay. And I'm like, so uh, can you make this into a like a visual? <laughs> and <laughs> she's like, yeah. So basically, the middle of it is the Skyterra, you know, logo. We're gonna have cool. a big picture of that in our new facility. Cool. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's great. We're, we're we're gonna actually put our executive producer on it. <laughs> his face. It's just adding to his duties. That's what we um. do. You're gonna make <laughs> him do it. Well, you once gonna... you say it on air, he has to do it. He doesn't want to <laughs> let our listeners down. Okay. Lindsay, where does uh, food prep come into this? So I have my plan, went to the grocery store. I think it can be overwhelming for people to think like, I need to prep all of my food for the following week on a Sunday. Mm. Yeah. It just seems so exhausting. Mm. Yeah. You do it once and you're like, I do not want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't take me back. <laughs> and what happens if you go out of town, you know? What right. are you going to do? So yeah, there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. For some, they thrive and having one day, typically a weekend day where they just grind (laughs) like we are going to make a lot of food right now and just get it ready for the week uh it could look like cutting up vegetables to then roast it could look like making a chili it could look like making a soup it could be prepping a bunch of proteins or even just one or two i mean we're talking making a mess um then there's another way to go about it where maybe you do a little bit of that but then you can think about, okay, if I'm going to put some time and energy into dinners, then could I make extra of whatever that is and have it be lunch the next day or support a meal, you know, one or two days later? Um, so it's kind of doing it throughout the week. Uh, so there's a couple ways to go about it. The other thing that I want to at least really encourage our listeners is that Lunch typically is, I'd say, actually one of the most problematic meals that tends to get skipped. Yeah, it does because the day just gets away. So being able to maybe, if all else fails, on like the day before your busyness really begins, to at least maybe have some lunches prepped, Mm. at least one of them. (laughs) So it's almost like if you're not doing any sort of meal planning at all, maybe starting with lunches could be the most impactful. I know that's a case-by-case scenario. Breakfast is obviously Mm. super important as well, but lunch is the one that where if you don't plan it, it may not happen because you're off in your day. And lunch, typically you're also alone, right? How many people eat alone now for lunch? Yeah. I I actually always eat lunch with our executive producer. I, re- <laughs> I really enjoy our time together outside of the podcast room. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. I, we'll keep going. Meal yeah. planning. Yeah. Lizzie, do you have any quick, so for some, so I do not like to cook as you know, um, 
for someone like me who wants to just have some really simple like go-to meal ideas, do you have suggestions so that people like myself don't eat the same thing over and over? Yeah. Okay. So there's definitely um, a way to do this. And so if you want to keep things simple uh, where it doesn't get too complicated and overwhelming but adding more variety, a really nice place to start is to buy like the same foods that you're used to buying but prepare them differently Ooh. so like let's say for example it's like you're just comfortable like buying chicken breast okay well maybe one night you pan sear it and another night you encrust it with something Mm. so it's taking like the same food just doing a little twist that way you're not um going in so it's basically simplifying it but still adding a little bit of variety yeah and then once you start to feel comfortable with that then I would look at different styles of cuisines that you just love so let's say you love Italian okay well then maybe that's where you pick out one new recipe of the week and you just go for it um I would avoid trying to get too you know trying to expand too much too quickly uh just because it's probably not going to be as sustainable. So I would yeah. think about those cuisines that you love and you find maybe one night out of the week of like, okay, we're going to just go for it. And maybe you make extra. It becomes lunch or dinner for another meal. And yeah, that's where I would probably, those two avenues. I like the small twists. That always helps me out a lot because I like when you crust the chicken. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, could you go through, because you do a bunch of different crusts. I think it's really interesting. Like, could you go through the process of that? Yes. Yeah. So basically you take um, any protein. It could be chicken. Uh, I love doing this with salmon. Um, mm. Let's just take those two. And you you basically have your protein. Then you need some sort of stickage. <laughs> stickage. <laughs> stickage. Stickage in the form of probably like a sauce. So it could be barbecue sauce, pesto, um, those are probably my two favorites. And then you just probably, you, you put whatever protein it is on a baking sheet or in like a casserole pan. I would recommend putting some oil down at the bottom. Otherwise it could stick or, you know, so then you season the protein, just a pinch of salt. Then you add the stickage, whatever sauce you're into. It also could be like egg as well, right? Yeah. That's so, a nice simple one that I've yeah, seen you do. Yeah. So egg is also kind of nice. Um, where you just kind of scramble up an egg, but, you know, do a wash, like an egg wash. Mm. Uh, But then once you've got that stickage on, then you top it with something crunchy. (laughs) Protein, stickage, crunchy. Uh, And the crunchiness, uh, I love using crushed nuts. It's probably my favorite. Um, A really fun combo would be uh, pecans and smoked paprika. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It almost tastes like bacon. We're getting spicy. Yeah. I'm hungry. I know, right? <laughs> and then another really nice, um, I'd say, option just to bring color to it would be uh, pistachios because they're vibrant and green and so just adds. So we do eat with our eyes, so that's something to kind of think about. But mm-hmm. yeah. I've seen pistachio on lamb before Woo. in the kitchen. They that's do that cool. a lot at Skyterra. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So Skyterra, um, there is a recipe for netty chicken that I would recommend that is phenomenal. In the show notes. Boom. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Lindsay, before we wrap up, I have a last question for you. And that is, I use the same two spices over and over besides salt and pepper. I just put garlic 
powder and onion powder on everything. Yeah. Can you give us maybe me specifically, but also our audience, (laughs) (laughs) some spices that might just help you add more variety? Yeah. So um, warming spices like cinnamon and nutmeg, um, those are really nice. Uh, Turmeric, I know that one's really popular these days. Um, Different types of salts and different types of peppers to Mm -hmm. play with. Um, I think different types of salts are really fun. Uh, I'd say your um, dried herbs would be really, you know, those are really great. Uh, And then even thinking about, okay, if we're using garlic powder, if we're using onion powder, could we actually use the onion or use the garlic Mm. and get more out of that? Go for the nutritional density. Yeah. And I would want to put out there too that before execution happens, let's say you really are just getting the ball rolling, you want to get this thing started, you want to start meal planning more and da da da. Go through your kitchen and get rid of everything you don't need. Clear it out. <laughs> Clear Ooh. it out. Go through those spices because when you mention spices, like, oh gosh, we have probably so many expired ones that mm-hmm. we could we probably do. Are you putting those in our food? No, no. You I'm saying not. we as a as a oh as like a as a collective <laughs> as, as a, collective. a universe. <laughs> okay, I, I, yeah. Uh, things just kind of sit and we don't use it, and then it doesn't even have as much flavor. So, mm. uh, going through all that stuff, uh, going through your oils, your vinegars, um, getting rid of stuff you're not going to use, you're not excited about, and getting new ingredients so that you're really excited about the process. Because if we go back to those that aren't planners aren't really into it if it's not exciting we're not going to do it yeah you've got to make it satisfying it's got to be there's got to be some sense of excitement i agree with that yeah we go yeah lindy is there anything else you want our audience to know um i would i would you know use the sky terra at home platform it's Mm -hmm. really great uh to find different recipes and different uh, meal planning just templates where they can you know they can print stuff out and use that if they want as a as somewhat degree of a guide and you know pick that one meal out of your day that you you really want to focus on and that's where i would start that's great that seems really attainable too love it great thanks Lindsay. you're so welcome so in summary um a really great way to start as you just said would be to maybe think about that one meal definitely plan it out right write down what you're going to plan that's going to allow you to create your grocery list which is going to allow you to food prep in chunks if you need it Um, and make sure too, that you're making time to eat because that's part of this too. Prepping, planning is nothing if you're not actually consuming it. Yeah. You don't want to throw that away. No. Hard work. No. No. Think of the time of day when you have energy and then what is that meal that, that you have energy for to create? So maybe you're energetic in the, in the morning. So you'll do breakfast or maybe you do have energy when you get home, you want to do dinner. Um, talked about meal delivery starting locally and really answering that question do I want to cook this food if it comes (laughs) in a box of ingredients (laughs) yeah yeah um and then we talked about how to add variety and how to not eat the same thing over and over so stickage (laughs) use the stickage whenever possible we talked about crust on protein (laughs) crust is stickage but first seasoning and then my crunchy crust yeah. Uh, we talked about um, buying foods that you always buy, but prepare them differently. Mm-hmm. And then what I really want to emphasize is skyterraathome.com has a whole bunch of really great resources. Um, there's the nutty chicken recipe. There are There's the Skyterra plate. I just love the name of that nutty chicken. Yeah. And it's so Sorry. popular, too. <laughs> oh, shoot. 
<laughs> Did I miss anything, Lindsay? No. I just thought about <laughs> roasting vegetables. <laughs> when in doubt, roast it. There you go. And something that, that Lindsay does that I like is she adds garlic cloves to her roasted vegetables. It's delicious. Yeah, they're like little bits of candy. Yeah. That make I your have breath. mixed feelings. Makes your, he always he, he never eats them, and then I get them all. <laughs> As always, Lindsay, it's so great having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right, Inspire Intentions listeners, I hope you have enjoyed our number three and number two top Inspired Intentions picks for you. Why strength training is what you've been missing. Episode number sixty-three, and if you can change one meal, you can change the rest. Episode number twenty-five. Stay tuned next week when we hit our number one top pick and get excited. We have some really awesome, fresh new content coming at you very, very soon. Rachel, why don't you send us off? The Inspired Intentions podcast is a production of Skyterra Wellness Retreat. Special thanks to our executive producer, Alan Broyhill. Send us your questions and comments to inspiredintentions at skyterrawellness.com. Subscribe on iTunes and everywhere podcasts can be found. If someone you know might benefit from this podcast, share inspired intentions with them and give us a five-star rating. Join us next week as we cut through the unrealistic noise on diets and fitness and show you how healthy living fits seamlessly into your already busy life. Thanks for listening.